Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Talking about intentionality in the workplace. In fact, all week long, we're talking about that big word, intentionality. And we have today with us Mark Dillon, local C12 Tampa Bay chair and former CEO of Tampa Bay Steel. Mark, I'd like to thank you for, and thank you for joining us today on the I Work For Him show. Thanks, Jim. It's a real uh, pleasure to be here with you and Todd, and uh, I am looking forward to what we have to talk about today. It's a great subject that uh, I'm passionate about, so uh, again, really, really excited. So thank you so much. I'm glad. You know, your reputation preceded you. Everybody said, you got to talk to Mark Dillon about how intentional he was with his employees at Tampa Bay Steel, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I've been trying to round you up and corral you for the last several weeks. And I know you're not, you're not interested in all the publicity about that. I just want you to share from your heart today on how to, just what, what God used you to do in the workplace so that others would be inspired to do the same things. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, Mark, what I want you to share with, your, with the listeners today is talk about, as I do with every, everybody that comes on the show, I ask them, tell me how Christ impacted your life. Tell us all how Christ impacted your life. Well, I grew up in the um, Catholic Church. Uh, we, went, we attended Mass all the time. I was a good altar boy, and uh, my brother and I and lived down in the Sarasota-Bradenton area. Got um, married when I was 20. Uh, married my uh, high school sweetheart, Cheryl. We're still married after 37 years. And uh, after college, I uh, graduated with an accounting degree, 
I, we really dropped away from any church activity. And um, six or seven years go by and uh, chasing the, the career and work. And um, what I saw in my wife was a change one day that uh, she, I did not realize it, but she had rededicated her life to the Lord. She had accepted Christ as, as a 13 or 14-year-old. Uh, where she's from in Indiana, uh, moved down here to the Bradenton area, Sarasota, uh, which is where we grew up. And uh, she rededicated her life after we'd been married about four or five years because I was was not a believer at the time. So obviously it was a difficult marriage for her. And uh, I started to see a difference. The the, the sharp edges of her personality uh, were being smoothed off. And I just saw a gentleness in her. And it was my first real experience of, of understanding what a Christian was. So a year later, I accepted Christ at 28 and was just uh, overwhelmed with, with the difference it made to, to have that uh, free gift of eternal life. And then afterwards to realize that I've got the rest of my life now. It's like, all right, Lord, what do you want to do with me? And um, I uh, was working at Tampa Bay Steel, came to work there when at the age of 30, so I was a baby Christian. And uh, the owners of that company, Buck and Eleanor McGinnis, are a great Christian family. They had uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Go that. ahead and say the whole verse. That's great. Yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, that being God, and he will make your path straight. And that was their foundational verse for the company when they started it in 1980. So I came there in 85, and it was just, uh, they were just great mentors to be around, to, to see um, them care about their employees. And it was, my again, just my first taste of that. Uh, intentional, I'll give you an example. We would go over to Buck and Eleanor's and have, have dinner or, you know, and then we'd, we'd talk. Obviously, the two CEO, you know, the CEO and the chairman, and uh, or the president and the, and the chairman, whatever. And uh, then the four of us would uh, just kneel around an ottoman, you know, a footstool, a large foot, and we just kneel around there and just pray over the company, pray for our managers, pray for our salespeople, pray for our employees, and it was just my first real experience of of uh reaching out in a non church setting and it was uh it was the the the, the start of a 27 year career with them that uh uh you know was all about being intentional and in, and in how you care about your employees no, what's, that's fantastic that you had a mentor that was the business owner you worked for that saw that need to invest in you so that you could invest back in his business it was it, it, yeah he saw nothing but I mean, I know he didn't look at the dollars, but he knew that if he invested in you spiritually, that would come back with a re- with a reliable employee, somebody that was full of honesty and integrity because he was investing in you spiritually. And so he could see that, that that intentionality, just starting with prayer on your knees, that's just something we need to we all need to experience. You had mentioned in your bio, I was reading one of your bios, I can't remember if it was on C12 or was, I don't remember whether it was on LinkedIn, I can't remember where it was, but that... You didn't understand when you came to Christ that Christ was supposed to impact past your Sunday. That it was that that's all you had been taught about how it should impact your Sunday. Who told you? Was it the McGinnises that told you? Hey, you know your relationship with Christ should impact everything. How, how did that? How did you come to that realization? 
That's a great. That's a great question, Jim. Um, I don't know if I can put my finger on it at any one place. Uh, again, I was that Sunday Christian. Uh, you know, the other six days I could do what I I I, I wanted, so to speak. Um, and then I realized that. And I, I think it, it was a combination of, of, of Buck and Eleanor. And then I got involved with a, with a CEO roundtable group later on called C12, which is which a, a Christian business owners. And to start to see them look for eternal fruit in their businesses. And that was just a brand new concept for me. You know, the church is where you're going to uh, come to know Christ, and the church is going to be the place that you're going to be mentored or discipled and grow in your faith. And what we were finding is people were hungry for that kind of stuff at work. And uh, whether it, to me, the first thing was to start to pray for your employees. Right. Uh, then the next step is you start to pray with your employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, you know, just to sh- share your testimony, to, to share what the what the preacher said that Sunday with your. It's just because when you're sensitive to that, the Holy Spirit just starts to open up doors and open up conversations. You know, you can either talk about the football game that occurred over the weekend, or you can just be a little more um, um, of course, you were bold and say, "I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, what's going on at, with your family? What's going on with this and that?" And, and people will talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and everybody will talk about the football game all day long. But you're in Tampa, so that was depressing. Uh, the Buccaneers, and you can talk about the weather, but the weather is the same six months in a row. So, right. that, so that's pretty cool. So that that eternal fruit, your the owners of McGinnis has taught you how to look for eternal fruit in the workplace. Yeah, and and I think the. Um, when I got in, involved with the CEO uh, networking uh, group of C12, that also helped a great deal because then I started seeing what other businesses were doing that were further along in the process to see them in their outreach, uh, not just giving dollars, but allowing their employees to become involved in doing ministry uh, at work. Uh, or to to have volunteer time to go do things like that. So there was another group. All right. So I want to talk about, you know, you we were just getting into the conversation how you got involved in an executive roundtable group called C12. And this was 16 or 17 years ago, correct? Correct. 16 years ago. Uh, 1996, I think, is wherever the math is. Well, that would be about 18 years. All right. So there's some genius out there. <laughs> That's why you have accountants. That's right. Okay. So 18 years ago, you got involved. How did you hear about C12? I, uh, it was a, there was an article in the newspaper, the Tampa Tribune, and I read it. Uh, I was looking for a CEO. Uh, I needed a networking group. Uh, I needed a group of other guys because I, I didn't have a, I didn't grow up from an entrepreneurial background and uh, running a company. I wanted to be uh, taught by other successful CEOs. So I, I was in the market to look for it. I want to talk more about that. But as we do every week, it's time for our book highlight, one that I believe that will impact the will make an impact in your life for Christ and as it applies to your workplace. This section is sponsored, as always, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Omerton Road in Largo, their 2,400-square-foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S. Dot com. Be the first person to call into the studio line today. That's 
855-265-2929, and I'll send you a copy of the book by Lisa Hudiman. She's our guest on Thursday's show, The Value of Core Values. That's right, The Value of Core Values by Lisa Hudiman. Successful leaders know that the right strategy is needed to complete to compete, while right culture is needed to succeed. That is why they identify, define, and live by core values aligned with the vision of business of the business. This insightful and practical book defines five principles for achieving success through values-centered leadership. Listen, I've read this book several times. I've had Lisa on the show. She's coming again on Thursday. This is a book you need to read if you really need to be setting up your core values within your business, because a lot of businesses out there are not being run by core values, or as Todd Hopkins with Office Pride said, those decision filters. So listen, Lisa will be on the show on Thursday, so you'll be able to listen to her, but if you want to win that book, call into the studio line, 855 855- 2929 Remember, you need to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, Mark, you were starting to talk about your C12 uh, involvement, and it started 18 years ago. You heard about it through reading in the local paper. I wonder if that would happen today. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if the article would have been in the paper. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be in the Tampa Bay Times, <laughs> that's for sure. Now, the, But the Tampa Tribune is still tends to be somewhat more conservative than, or I would say somewhat less liberal than the Tampa Bay Times. The Tampa Bay Times doesn't often have anything nice to say, doesn't often have anything nice to say about Christians. Mm-hmm. But Okay, so C12. You heard about C12. What did you hear, and how did it make an impact on how you ran Tampa Bay Steel? I think the first thing it really did for me is it helped me establish a foundation. I heard these guys around the table that were running successful companies, and they started talking about and I'm not trying to be legalistic here, so you got to look at it as an abroad. They started talking about a daily quiet time with the Lord, and I had no idea what that was. Uh, it was, and and what it is is just a time of of Bible reading and prayer, devotion, connecting with the Creator of the. It's the most important meeting you can have in your in your day. And uh, it's every day. It's available to us every day. God has a great plan for us, but I got to check in with him every day. So that was the first thing. And, and they started talking about Hudson Taylor, and uh, a minister, uh, a missionary in China, you know, last century. They talked about George Mueller, a guy in Europe that, that, that were incredible um, historical Christian guys. And they started their days with spending the first hour of the day in prayer and Bible study. And it's like, I spend the first hour back then. I was spending the first hour of my day working out. So for me to have that mental shift and say, all right, God, I got to change my priorities. I need to be working less on the body, which is getting older, and I need to be working more on the spirit, which is going to be here for eternity. So that was the first Hmm. aha moment I had was, oh my goodness, a daily quiet time with the creator of the universe. How cool is that? And that's just the beginning of what they started teaching you. But that's the crux of it all. I mean, if we're not invested in that relationship, the rest of our relationships crumble. So if our relationship with the Lord is being invested in on a daily basis, first of all, it helps us the rest of the day makes sense. Right, right. And then then the next thing that, again, this is a, this is a group of CEOs and the next thing they started uh, talking about was 
after you get your relationship with the Lord right, how's your relationship with your wife? Amen to that. And then how's the relationship with your kids? Oh, boy. Boy, they hit you everywhere. And then once you get those three right, now we've got an opportunity to talk about the business. But why was it that they focused on getting those other, the, the relationship with the Lord, the relationship with your wife, and the relationship with your kids, why was it they focused on those things first? It's it's. Those are the, the godly priorities. That's the way God uh, has got it clearly outlined is relationship with him first, relationship with your spouse second, and, your, and, and that is a second. Kids are a third, so don't let them get ahead sometimes. And then after that, everything spills out. But to me, if you are running a business or, or have a career, that's, a, that, that's where you spend. If you're spending 40 hours, just, just 40 hours a week, over 30 years, what's... What's the math on that? I mean, that's thousands of hours. So what are you doing for the Lord with those thousands of hours? So it's a whole lot more effective outreach than your Sunday services. So what kind of an impact did that, just those, uh, those concepts? So you started a daily devotional life. Then they started challenging on your marriage to make it stronger. Then they challenged on your kids. And I love the fact that they made sure that they understood that the kids were third priority, not second priority. Right. And, that, and, and, I, and we've said it on this show many times. So people that are longtime listeners understand we've said that because the, your kids are your number one ministry after your wife, after your wife. Or spouse, right. well, well, you're assuming that you married a Christian spouse, so you your number one ministry is to lead your kids to Christ and disciple them in Christ. That's the focus before you start doing ministry everywhere else, because it, a lot of people get caught up. Well, I'm going to do ministry all over these other places, but if their marriage and their family is a mess, none of that other stuff really matters. Right, That's what, not what God called you to do. Okay, so what kind of an impact did C12 make on your uh, marriage? Oh, huge. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we did as part of a CEO roundtable is you have an open table time to where you can bring issues to the group and and get, obviously, godly biblical feedback. So I had been involved with C12 for a year or so, and uh, you meet once a month. It's an all-day thing. And 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 Cheryl and I had an issue, uh, a difference of opinion on something. And I told her, I said, okay, I'm going to take it to my C12 group and see what the guys say. And so... Her her comment was, well, these are your good old boys, so <laughs> how good of a chance am I going to fare with this? So uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll be objective. I'll take it to the group. And so that afternoon, um, I had C12 that day, so I, that afternoon I, I presented my issue to the group of where Cheryl and I had a difference about something, and these guys handed my head to me. They said, you are a jerk. (laughs) Go home. Tell your wife. She's absolutely right. I bet Cheryl enjoyed that. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's again, it's, 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 uh, because sometimes in marriage, as we know, you get so uh, myopic in your view, you start thinking your, your, your way is the only right way. So again, these guys are honest uh, men of, uh, men of God that would just share those true so she she became a believer in it uh because it changed our marriage she saw that i was becoming less of a of a workaholic i was now starting to set some boundaries up uh a simple boundary is i wanted to uh start taking my kids to school one or two days a week well if i'm doing that i can't get into the office at 6 30 or 7 o'clock because i'm taking the kids to school 
So I had a, a, a change there. Then, then I wanted to start uh, having dinner with the family one or two nights a week. So I can't work late. So I have to be home at, at 5.30, 6 o'clock. So those were, but those were all recommendations from the, from the, the group of, of CEOs. And here's what they said. They said, hey, schedule your day. And if, if, if God wants you to, to work, let's just say 40 hours or 50 hours. Let's just say 50, no more than 50. However big the company gets... It's up to him. So you just schedule your day, what your priorities are, i.e. take the kids to school, i.e. have dinner with the family, and allow God then to grow the company as big as he wants as opposed to you thinking and buying into the lies of the world that says, I got to work more and more and more because that just is a lie right out of the pit of <laughs> Amen you. to that. It is a lie out of the pit of hell. <laughs> we could say that on this show because it's, it's, it's the I Work For Him show and it represents me. Yes, it was a lie. Okay, so what kind of impact did it make on your kids? Uh well, now they, they they obviously came uh, to know the importance of um, walking with the Lord. I'm I'm blessed right now to say that that I have two adult children that are both married, twenty seven year old daughter Kendall and married to Alex, and then a thirty year old son Wes married to Charlotte, and they both have uh, great marriages and that are Christ centered. Uh, I I I believe just seeing and being able to uh, witness to them what it is to have a godly marriage I think they were able to pick because you pick it you catch it more than more than being uh, told how to live it well, that's, especially when they're teenagers they really don't catch they, they catch it they don't like being told anything alright so I, I wanted you to share that it, it was it's a little off topic but I'm told that I need to you know sometimes just relax on my topics you were talking about intentionality and we talked about intentionality in the workplace but really what C12 did is it taught you how to be intentional at home first before you started to be intentional at work and maybe it was all happening at the same time but the impact started at home where it should and then worked its way up now c12 for those people out there listening that don't know about c12 just go to c12group.com this is an executive roundtable that is set up for businesses typically with 10 employees or more i know they say five employees but 10 employers or more employees or more where you have the decision making power within the business but you want to be surrounded by other people because you don't have a board of directors surrounded by other people that will give you godly wisdom and share that with you in, in, in a brotherly environment or sisterly environment. There's, there's groups with men and women in them. But it's a place for you to go to build up your faith and to teach how to walk with the Lord in your workplace. All right, Mark, that's about C12. I want to talk about some give, give my listeners specific things they can be intentional about in the workplace by learning from what you did to be intentional with your employees in the workplace. But before we do that, I just want to mention to everybody, hey, we didn't give away the book yet. If you want to get a copy of The Value of Core Values by Lisa Hudiman, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. If you are running a business and you don't have core values, or as I call them, decision filters, I'm copying Todd Hopkins, then you need to get a copy of this book, 855-265-2929. Okay, Mark, start us off with how did you start each one of your days as CEO of Tampa Bay Steel at being intentional with your employees? Great question, Jim. Um, obviously, time of prayer in the morning, as we talked about the devotion, and and, and even right out of that, uh, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I, w- I would just 
write little notes uh, in, in my devotion at the top of the page or in the margin of, of business things that would come up in my prayer time. Mm-hmm. It, it's like the Holy Spirit saying, hey, when you get to work, you need to be calling this person or touching base with this or go see this or whatever. So, again, the, the with that, that uh, Holy Spirit really helps with being intentional every single day. You know, it, he just gives us enough for the day. So that's what that's so that was number one is is again being be intentional with the Lord and then uh, listen and I'm not a good listener. <laughs> You're an accountant. Uh, I thought accountants were quiet, yeah, reserved I'm not, and I'm, good listeners. Yeah, I'm not a good listener. So anyway, so I would I would hear from hear from the Holy Spirit um, and then try to be obedient throughout the day and those kind of things. And then I'd look for and be aware of that every um Every phone call, uh, every interaction with an employee, whether I was wandering around through the through the office or through the plant, is just an opportunity for some kind of exchange. Whether we were just going to be talking about a business thing, uh, whether I was going to be um, talking to them about their family, their kids, it's, it's just having those ears and eyes to look beyond just that current situation. It's not an area I was I was. Uh, really good at it it took a while to get used to that to 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 walk out into the plant to be talking to a warehouse guy or a machine operator and uh yeah we can talk about the the parts that they're working on but you know what's going on you know what what what, what's going on with with your life uh what do you and people want to talk about that kind of stuff so and how do you know i mean I understand that some people are going to be naturally, you look at them and they're like, oh, well, here comes Mark. I can tell him because I've learned to trust him. But sometimes you have to bridge, certainly with guys, because guys compartmentalize everything and they're just like, how you doing today? Fine. How you doing? Really great. Super. You know, they want you to, they don't want to share what's going on in their heart. How do you, how did you gauge whether to take that to the next level and say, you know what, can you just cut through the, cut through the crap? Seriously, just cut through it. I, I want to know what's really going on. I think uh, one way to do it is to, for me or or any of your listeners, if they wanted to consider, be open themselves. Uh, I think that the as it says in Scripture, and I think it's in Revelation, you know, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So for you or for an employee to share and to, and to uh, be comfortable with just talking a little bit about what's going on in their life. Uh, gives people, I think, then an opportunity to say, okay, he just he or she just shared something that was personal. Uh, he's giving me permission that I can talk at that kind of a level. So that, that was one way that I did it, is just share little things that were going on in my life, whether it was a struggle or whether it was something you know that, that I had uh, read in my devotion that day or heard or listened. Um, you know, and that gives people then permission to be able to then respond back with what's going on in their life. Hmm. So, I had heard the rumor that in the mornings you would walk around and pray over people's cubicles before people got there. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know that seems like an odd thing to do. But, no, that uh, actually doesn't seem like an odd thing to do to me. But I just, you know, you didn't mention that yet. I, yeah, I, I have, I have, yeah, I have done that. Is uh, walk around the office and and again pray over people's desks uh, before they get there. Um, you know, to to be in a conference room and know you're going to have an important meeting later that 
that day and to, and to pray over that that conference room and the, and the, you know to uh, pray over the door dope door posts if you will of those conference rooms so that uh, you're asking the Holy Spirit you're inviting God and the Holy Spirit to be part of that and I know that seems unusual in a business environment uh, but I think it, it God blesses that kind of stuff he it's it's scriptural. And uh, he blessed it. So, so yeah, I, I, I've done both of those things, and on, on a regular basis. And uh, and it, I, I guess when I get to heaven, I'll find out if it, how much of an impact it really. Oh, well, I think you already know the impact that it made. But you, you say that it was kind of unusual, and and. I would agree. In today's world, it sounds unusual only because people aren't talking about it. But it's absolutely perfectly it's awesome i think it's exactly what jesus would do because he was always being intentional with the people he came in contact with and you know he was a business person almost you know 90 percent it's like 75 percent of his parables had to do with workplace right. uh, situations he was very in tune with what was going on in the workplace so I, I don't think it's it's unusual only because it's not being preached from the pulpits and so you listeners out there you go go to church next week just say hey pastor how come it is you never talk about how we can be intentional with our faith in the workplace because that's what we need to have we need to start a workplace revolution from within the churches. Amen, amen. I'm all over that, Jim. I agree with you 100%. Because people aren't showing up at church, but they have to show up at work. So for CEOs, for you know, <clears throat> any type of manager, and really any employee, to be that Christ-like person so that the employee next door, next to you, sees something different, why you are just extending a little grace or a little favor, a little of God's love, is just a again a great example of of what Christ has called us to. You know, and about you know, sixty years ago, fifty years ago, when we were kids, okay, when I was really a little kid, okay, prior to when I was born, okay, but fifty years ago, when we were kids, you know, most people went to church. But in today's world, the majority of people do not go to church. They've either found it irrelevant, or they don't they don't see any time for it. They they rather do other things, but they don't they won't walk through the doors of a church. They're afraid either of the lightning effect, which if you want to know about that, you can call into the studio and I'll tell you about the lightning effect. But people really think that if they've never been to church, they're going to get struck by lightning when they walk through those doors. The, but what... When, but they go to work. You know, they're not going to church on Sunday, but they're going to work on Monday. Right. And and that's why when I opened up the show, I said, you may be the only Jesus your employees and coworkers may ever meet. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about being Jesus to those people by being intentional with them. Yeah. And I think as, as again, being having a manager's role or a leader's role, some of the things we did is you just go fishing. Uh, we, we would have a, uh, a speaker come in. Maybe we'd do it at uh, Thanksgiving where, again... It's customary to just, we would have a lunch at the Thanksgiving, have a speaker come in, but it would be, he would be, he or she would be giving a Christian message. So we're just going fishing. We're letting people know it's okay to talk about this kind of stuff at work where that speaker comes in and shares their testimony. So now for the next week or two, we've got, we've got a buzz going and we've got an opportunity to just share, uh, what did you think about this speaker? What did you think about how they, how they said this or that? Another thing we would do is is uh, intentional. We'd have um, lunches for our employees once a week, where we would have a um, a Bible study, or we would have a financial a piece, you know, just uh, Dave Ramsey material, and present that to to them as something to do at 
lunch. So we cared about them beyond just the working eight to five type thing. We wanted to pour into their lives uh, and make their families a, a richer experience. So those are some of the things we did. And as a result of that, you had hundreds of people. Well, under your tenure as a CEO, God used you to help lead hundreds of people to Christ. And that's what's so cool is that this intentionality actually led to changed lives. It wasn't just a gimmick. It was because lives were really being changed. And we're talking today about how God used him to be intentional in his walk with Christ in his daily workplace. And, and we were talking during the break that, you know, I asked him, I said, okay, Mark, I just set you up. Uh, you know, you were intentional with your hiring and firing, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. We didn't just hire Christians either. But what you mentioned something else is that you've got, and if everybody wants to go out to the Tampa Bay Steel, and it's tampabaysteel.com, you go to their company mission page. It blatantly states their values that they that are important to them as a business. And it says in there that their vision statement is wholehearted pursuit of excellence in supplying metals ready for business while impacting people's lives for now, now and for eternity. Their core values are biblical principles, continuous improvement, family values, God provides, performance-based, safety, train and develop staff. And their mission statement has a scripture verse in it, Matthew seven twelve. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So all of those things, and you said you had them posted on four by four, you know, four foot by four foot boards all over the factory and all over the office place. Correct. Yeah, we did. And that uh, that mission statement to treat others the way you want to be treated that was really a, a, a working um, mission statement when. People had to make a decision at work, and they didn't know what the policy or procedure was. That's what we referred to. It, we would say, what does the mission statement say? Well, it says treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, then make the decision based on that. And it was a great when – we, when we would hire people, obviously we'd look through the technical side, whether they were an accountant or whether they were a truck driver, whether they were a machine operator or salesperson. You had to meet the technical requirements of the job. But then we'd also ask them, how, do they, how can they support the values? Uh, here's the values of our company. How can you support them? You don't have to necessarily agree with them, uh, but while you are at Tampa Bay Steel, you have to be willing to abide by them. You have to be willing to support them. What you do on your personal time is up to you. We'd, we'd, we think being a Christian is great, but that's that's maybe not what you're interested in. So, again, we would just ask how they would support it, and it worked out well. Then you finally just, you know, I always think, prayer is great whether you do it quietly to yourself or a group of you and we would pray over those those type of hires we had a great hr still have a great hr manager with sarah odom and um you know you you invite the holy spirit to give you discernment and wisdom and and he will reveal how you can um if you're something you missed in the interview process or not so always asking the lord to do that um is how we did it yeah, that's fantastic because it is God. This is something we need. Everybody needs to hear. And I've said it many times on the show before, but just again, God cares about those intimate details of our lives, whether that is personally our, our, our with our marriages, with our personal walk or with our children, but also professionally. He cares about those details of a business. He's a genius at business. If you've looked at his organizational skills, Take the universe, for instance, and if that's too big for you, just look at the nerve connections on the back of your eyeball. There's a million of them. God put them there. He's very good at manufacturing. Amen. Yeah, he really is, and he's got all the answers. And so, you know, why does he 
he says in the Bible that he numbers the number. He knows the number of hairs on our head, so he's into all the detail. As as uh, I, you've already said, Jim. So I agree with you completely. So talk about your intentionality in firing, because not every employee makes it. Right. But you don't want. I mean, you, you don't let let people stay on the bus that are not the right fit for the bus. But in firing them, how did you represent Christ in firing people? Great. Another one of those questions that uh, people argue over that if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be firing people. <laughs> and that's wrong. Uh, and that's a lie, too. Here's the right way to do it. And and again, I didn't get it always right, and, and we didn't always get it right. But first thing is you need to have a job description. So if you have a job description that's a, a written out, they know what's required. Then you need to do evaluations, uh, whether it's 30, 60, 90 days, 120, six months, a year, uh, some kind of performance reviews. Uh, that provides the, the feedback to them. And then have a process in place where if they need remedial uh, training, if they need something to get them over the hump, you can provide that. But you still provide the feedback to them and if you if you are willing to take the time and most of us don't want to do it but if you're willing to take the time to mentor someone most people fire themselves uh you don't it 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 yeah i'm sure in my career i've i've blown it and i've fired people where they've they were shocked that it was coming but for most uh, of the time when you do it the right way with a job description, performance reviews and evaluations along the way as well as that feedback, they will know when they're performing below the line and that you're going to allow them another 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to get above the line in whatever their level of performance is. But when it comes down to it, they'll know whether they're cutting it. So it doesn't come as a surprise. And it's not that they're a bad person. You know, we've we positioned them into different different positions in uh, the company, and they've succeeded, and where they've transitioned to another spot. Because again, it's not that they're a bad person; it's just they're in the wrong spot, as you said. But then there are times where you just got to depart. It's it's time to leave. Well, I liked what you said. Is that sometimes you fire people, and yes, they probably were surprised. That's not how things should be. Right. You know, and and I've got this theory, and you just stated it as well. I've got this theory that if a manager does his job, his or her job, and you hold the person accountable, just as you said, to give a job description, you do evaluations. That's evaluations on an annual basis, quarterly basis, if necessary. But you're you're giving them feedback so they know exactly where they stand. And you manage and hold somebody accountable. If they get to that point where you do need to let them go, they should never be surprised. And my theory is if you really hold them accountable well, they will remove themselves because they don't want to get fired. They'll realize, huh, I, this is just not a good fit for me. I agree. Yeah. It's, um, and then... Uh, you, there's a quick story we had. A, we had. We were going through a, a downsizing with the economy. Uh, again, being there 27 years, we went through a cycle where that where it was soft. So we had two credit managers, and I and we had to just go through the process of which one are we going to lay off. And and uh, there was a, a a single woman. She was divorced, um, and then there was a, a another person, and we ended up through the whole process, through analyzing it, whatever, um, and the performance, we laid off this single mom. And uh, you think to yourself, it just, it was, it was crushing. But what was interesting is the Lord allowed me an opportunity to see behind the curtain what was going on. And what was going on at the time is this single woman, her mother was dying at the time. Oh. 
And so we laid her off. She collected unemployment. She was able to be with her mom along through this whole process. Her mom eventually passed away. And then, you know, she ended up inheriting her mom's house, living in that house. So and so it it was a period of time that from the world's view seemed like it was an unfair decision and a terrible thing to do for us to do. But again, we went through it trusting the Lord and listening to what we thought, listening to him as he was guiding and directing. And it was just such a blessing to this lady on the other side. Hmm. That's fantastic. And and those are tough decisions to make. Employee decisions are tough because it affects families. I mean, it's just, those are tough. But again, you pray about it. It's not like something you do it. You never, you never fire somebody when you're angry. You really take that time to think and pray because you do, there is a residual impact. Sure. No, it's unbelievable. No, it, it is. And um, again, we, we uh, same thing's true when you're looking to promote people. Um, you know, you just got to go through that process of saying, okay, Lord, uh, what do you have in mind? And it's just such a great thing to be able to add that dimension of prayer to the hiring process as well as the firing process, looking for God's discernment. I love the fact that you said, hey, in my devotion time, ideas keep popping in my head. I write them all down. I do the same thing. Names come to my head. Ideas come to my head. I write them all down. And I go after I'm done with it, I go in and talk to Martha. And I go, here's all the things that came to my head. And she's like, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, picture this, if you will. The sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt there now as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat sponsored by I Work For Him. February 5th through the 9th, 2015 will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer, just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time built right into the agenda. Plan now to join us for this much anticipated retreat find out all the details on our website iworkforhim.com that's iwork the number four him.com on tomorrow's i work for him show we will continue our discussions on this week's theme intentionality martha will be back in the studio with us and we're going to talk about the traits of, of a, uh, we're going to be talking with jennifer garrett talking about intentionally preparing your kids for college. Jennifer is an InterVarsity leader at Eckerd College, and I've asked her just to come and share how we need to be intentionally preparing our kids for college. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 